0: Having money makes you more of what you already
1: are.
0: (laughs) Say that again. Having more money makes you more of what you are.
1: Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit Instantly Actionable Small Business Strategies with a Pop Culture Spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the marvelous Stephanie Cleary. Stephanie is a trauma coach for socially conscious business owners. She specializes in helping coaches. Healers and other service providers repair developmental, collective, and ancestral trauma and build self-trust so they can run successful, sustainable, and regenerative businesses. Her undeniable superpower is her ability to hold space for people so that they can feel their most tender emotions, be witnessed without pressure, and be gently supported as they move along their healing journey. Because the more resilient and resourced the business owner, the more change and liberation they can bring into the world. Stephanie Cleary, my queen, my queen of finances, I have been so excited for so long to get your beautiful brain onto this show so I can ask you this question. What do small business
0: owners need to focus on this week? This week? This answer is going to have nothing to do with finances, specifically. This week, as we're recording this, has been a very heavy week.
1: Mm. Um, Current
0: current event-wise, geopolitical events, domestic events, LGBTQIA, human rights violations in Texas, all of the things. So it's been a heavy week for business owners. So I would say the thing that we need to concentrate on this week is feeling our feelings and nothing... Mm is not allowed. Like it's all allowed. Like you can be at mad. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can be pissed off that geopolitical events are fucking with your launch, you know, or whatever you have going this week. Yes. All of it is allowed. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I'm not allowed to feel pissed off or I'm not allowed to feel X, Y, Z. Like it's all, it's all allowed. Allow all the all feelings. All
1: feelings are valid. All feelings are valid. Oh, feelings are valid. And, you know, I think it's really I'm I'm glad and grateful that you brought up the fact that this has been a really scary week um, for context, guys, in in at point of recording, uh, Russia began the invasion of Ukraine yesterday, mm-hmm. and we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. So we don't know what the world and what the map is going to look like by the time this episode comes out. And that's really freaking scary and heavy and just because it's across the world it doesn't mean it doesn't affect us and and I'm so grateful that you brought that up because stuff like that does find a way understandably as a citizen of the earth it bleeds into your consciousness and if it bleeds into your consciousness it can mess with your workday and that's going to happen right oh like, hell yeah oh yeah then. and yeah. and if we suppress our feelings And we and we try to keep, you know, the professional face on and proceed with our launches, even though all of Twitter is posting pictures of bombs falling like we're going to feel disconnected even more. So instead of we just if we stop and honor the fact that we are running a business in a very complicated world. Um, And then, yeah, and that's just that's that's international. That doesn't even address what you talked about, about the fact that, like, the parents of trans children in Texas can now be tried for child abuse, which is the most disgusting, horrible, obnoxious, vile nastiness that I've ever heard. And that's just in Texas. You know, I could drive there in like 12
0: hours (laughs) like that. That's just one state out of out of 50 that I mean, not the right. Yeah,
1: but but that stuff, I, I love that you're giving us permission Not only to feel our feels, but to to understand that we are allowed to have them, even if we don't feel necessarily directly affected by what's happening in Texas or in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. And. And I also want to say like, no feeling is morally superior to another feeling. So like you, like having your heart broken or you feeling like super compassionate for people in Ukraine or children in Texas or their parents, like that is not superior to, well, fuck, now I have to delay my launch. And I'm pissed off yes. about that because I worked really hard on this launch and I don't yes. feel like right launching right now. Like neither of those is better or worse than another one. It doesn't make you a bad no. person. It doesn't make you a good person. Like they're just, they're, they're your feelings. They're all morally neutral.
1: And it's okay. It doesn't. I'm I'm so glad you said that, too, because I feel like sometimes let's say that we did plan a launch for like six months and it was supposed to be this week. And we decided that because of everything going on, maybe I don't want to talk about, you know, making a million dollars a minute while people are dying. Maybe that doesn't feel great. Right. So then I put my launch back. But it's okay to be frustrated or upset about that. It doesn't mean you don't care about what's happening in Ukraine. It means that you worked really, really hard on something that got derailed. We don't have to say, and therefore I mean my launch is more important than war. No, your launch is not more important than war, but it is important to you. And that's also okay. Exactly. Exactly. We're all okay everything's allowed. Everything's allowed. And, and I'm so, it's so lovely that we're having this conversation because um you, as I mentioned, are my queen of all finances. And yesterday I had a bit of a financial meltdown and I reached out to you and I was just like, Hey, can you put your friend hat on? And you were like, yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't like spending money. And you gave me this whole big, beautiful, <laughs> loving rant. About, like, the money is meant to be spent. And I was like, thank you so much. But, and then everything went to shit with my bank. And by the end of the day, I was hitting a pineapple shaped bong, sobbing (laughs) on the phone with my bank, trying to get it fixed. And it never did get fixed. And so by the end of the day, I was just fried. And I can't even imagine what I mean, fried in multiple ways, I guess, but I can't even imagine how much worse that would have been if the whole time I sat there and judged myself for crying.
0: You know That's, what I mean? That like, is, Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's not the feelings that suck, like the feelings themselves suck, but it's the, the judging of the feelings that just adds a whole other layer on top of things that just yes. muddies the water and, and just makes everything worse. Um, I, I'm like we're we're however many minutes in we haven't even really really talked about money but that's okay that's all right we'll get there if we get there <laughs> yeah um uh last week last week the week before I'm not sure I had this whole internet debacle like I was like fighting with my internet company I was out internet for like three days blah, blah 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 anyway so I I drive to Best Buy to buy a modem this was the second time I had driven to Best Buy in two days and Best Buy is like a full half an hour for me like this is a journey oh. this is not like you know down the street and this for is. Me. This is a quest. Yes, this is absolutely a quest. I buy a modem, I get home, and it is... I don't even open the box. I'm like, this is the wrong fucking thing. Like, oh, it's no. just flat out not going to work. It's just not going to work. Like, there's no jerry-rigging this thing or anything. I was so proud of myself. Because, and I actually messaged my own coach to tell her this. I'm like, I didn't beat myself up for buying Yay! the wrong modem. Like... I was, yeah, like I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I was sad that I had wasted my time, but I didn't spiral into this. I am so, so stupid. stupid. How could I have been so dumb to buy the wrong thing? I'm such an idiot. Da, 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 da. So I was telling her, I'm like, it's still like, it still really sucked. Like I just wasted an hour of wasted. You know, I, I listened to a book on the, in the car, you know, it was like, wasn't a complete waste of time, but, like, I wasted an hour. So I felt the disappointment, but that, like, it was a cleaner disappointment. Like, it was a cleaner feeling. It didn't
1: have blame or shame attached to the disappointment. It was just pure disappointment allowed to stay disappointment. And I think what's what's so funny is you brought that up. And when both you and I went into dialogue at the same time, we both said, I'm so stupid. Mm. Isn't it funny? That both of us knew that the first thing that we would do, and I'm sure that we're not alone in this, in a negative situation, if you hadn't handled this so well, is that we would mock or doubt our intelligence. I'm so stupid. I think that question comes up or that idea comes up a lot. Like I just spent a lot of money on advertising last month and advertising is always an experiment. It's always Mm -hmm. an experiment. And I think at the very beginning, when it started to kind of show me that it might not be working, I definitely lit in with the I'm so stupid. I just threw all this money down the toilet. Advertising never works. Why did I do this? I shouldn't have done that. And then I was like, you know what? I got a lovely case of the buckets. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know what's going to come of this. So I may as well just follow the plan stick to the plan. I budgeted for this. I thought about this. I strategized for this. Stick to the plan. I don't know how it's going to play out yet. I don't have all the data. And I had to get to that point. But the very beginning, I was going, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Well, I am in a my brain based business. So if I tell myself I'm stupid, too many times, not only is that going to hurt my mental health, which needs to be the most cherished thing in my business, but I'm also going to kill my own confidence in my business because I can't be going, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Hire me. I'm so smart in the same sentence.
0: <laughs> I can't do that. No, it 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 doesn't. It creates this big disconnect. And you and I are both very smart People, we are. We got I mean, good we're all brains. smart in different ways. We like, got good brains. Like we we got good brains. Yeah. So it's sad and disappointing that the the conditioning that we've got and the culture that we've been brought up in, like women and women identifying people, I feel like that's our go to. Is I'm so stupid. Like we know for a fact that we're not, but like that's the that's our go to. Like oh, it just breaks my heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, like
0: like it's just like, (laughs) oh,
1: it, it, it wears at you, right? It's like what we were talking about with the world. It seeps in and it stays there. And if you don't address it, it just sort of festers. And if you fight it, it's like pouring gasoline on it. So it's just like, you got to just honor where you are. Be kind to yourself as much. I feel like in the last, probably since COVID started, I feel like the broken record I'm on these days is self-compassion. I'm like, self-compassion, oh, self-compassion, yes. self-compassion, self-compassion, please, please, <laughs> self-compassion, please. Like, you know, and everyone's going, my, I didn't make my sales call last month or I said something stupid on a sales call. And I'm like, please forgive yourself and show some self-compassion. We are in year 97 of a pandemic. I don't even know what day it is. And uh yeah, I'm amazed any of us are still in business, quite frankly. And I teach this shit. So, uh, <laughs> right. But it's like all these people are like, I can't believe I made this little tiny minor mistake. Oh, my God. I'm blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, self-compassion now is the new serenity now. Self-compassion now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, who who benefits from us thinking like that? Uh, no it's, one. It's it's certainly not us it's like
1: big pharma I'm gonna big Cheeto yeah I was gonna like, say
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna be so bold as to say like the patriarchy benefits white right? yes. supremacy benefits because yes. we're you know dumbing ourselves down playing small not getting out there and yeah the the world needs us like the world needs
1: mean, meanwhile, my brain goes so. right to food I'm like who profits from this Frito-Lay
0: Craft. <laughs>
1: Chef Boyardee, basically anything that you can buy from the air quotes food aisle at Walgreens benefits when I am in this state.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i I might have told you this story already, Eddie. I'm not sure. I got off the phone with a co- I, someone I had hired for like a three hour like intensive session, and yeah. it didn't go the direction I planned. Like it, I got what I needed out of it, but I got off the, this three hour intensive. I literally went to my couch and started just straight eating hamburger rolls. No, it was hot dog rolls. It was hot dog rolls, like white Wonder Bread hot dog rolls.
1: What's funny (laughs) is I remember this day. We talked this day and I was like, how are you? And you're like, I'm eating hot dog buns plain. And I was like, that tells me a lot. About your day, babe.
0: Yeah. I'm like, and and I was totally <laughs> fine with it. I'm like, this is a decision that I am making in this moment is that I am just going to shovel hot dog rolls <laughs> and boxed red wine into my mouth. <laughs> Shout out like to that is the comfort I need right coach. now. I'm so
1: grateful for my incredible food coach, Laura Folks, who uh, literally showed up in my brain right as I was about to order pizza the other day at 10.30 in the morning. And I heard Laura in my brain go, What's this about? And I was like, okay, this is about me not wanting to feel my feels. I'm not going to order pizza at 1030 in the morning. But sometimes you just got to order your 1030 in the morning pizza and just eat it. Sometimes exactly. you just got to eat your hot dog buns and, yeah. and just be happy about the fact that the gluten is invading your bloodstream. Oh, my God. I love it. But, you know, it's it's so funny because you said, like, we haven't talked about money yet, but we have talked about feels and you know better mm-hmm. than anybody for a lot of us including me money or lack thereof or perceived lack thereof or worry about there not being enough in the future is is like the main landmine when it comes to feels so what's up like why do we have so much emotion tacked on to this currency stuff
0: Uh, It's it's funny that you that you say the word currency, because one of the things that I'm like, anybody can do the math around money stuff. It's when you put the dollar sign in front of it that Mm -hmm. people like freak the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that one little dollar sign. Like before that, it was just arithmetic. Right. You know, but if you you put the currency in there, then it's like, oh, my God, why is it so? Why isn't it? You know, like in in our society, money equals power. It equals safety. And it equals, you know, value, like personal value. Status. Stat yes. Like, so why I would from my mind, I'm like, if people don't have money feels, I feel like it's weird. Like, where have you been? Yeah. What rock have you been living under? Are because... you a Kardashian? Exactly. <laughs> because, you know, when when the money was reserved for white males over the age of 18 or, you know, in georgian england this is i i read a lot of murder mysteries so my period that i'm that i'm I'm, you know familiar with is like (laughs) when a when a woman married a man like she literally gave up her her, all of her money she could not own money she could not own property unless her husband said and you know here in the states i need to look up what year this was like 1965 something or other like a bank could deny like you you couldn't things get a credit card. You have a male, yeah, like you would have to have a male. That's signer Ruth on a Bader
1: card Ginsburg's remote. legacy. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yes, one of the main yes. things like that she did early on in her career was she made it so that a woman could get a credit card with or without a husband, and no matter what her husband said. What? That was in like the sixties or seventies. It's insane yeah. that that happened.
0: Like the horrors. So, like, of course, there's all of this loaded, like ancestral and familial trauma around money and if you grew up with parents who you know like on the one hand struggled with money and like you saw them stressing out about money like of course you're gonna stress out about money if you grew up with parents who were more on the privileged side and you just never saw them dealing with it like it was just like we don't we don't talk about money like it's gauche to talk Mm -hmm. about money then like you don't grow up hearing about this and talking right. about it. So it's like kind of like this, depending on how you grow you know, like this taboo yeah. thing that you don't talk about. So of course you're like, why wouldn't people have feelings? And if this was a visual thing, you would see me like waving my arms around. She's flailing. You know?
1: <laughs> She's flailing. There is flailing occurring.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: I, <sighs> I think that's so interesting because I feel like on, on both ends of the spectrum, there's like incredibly wealthy people that talk a lot about money and never talk about money and raise their kids either in one of those. And then there's incredibly mm-hmm. impoverished people that always talk about money or never talk about money and then, you know, raise their kids in that and then everything in between. And one of the things I'm really excited about, and I actually heard about it from you, uh, you and I both signed up for a class that hasn't started yet uh, called Trauma of Money. and Some of it is like credit card repair, which like I could use some credit card repair. That sounds quite nice. And then the next module is like uh, money, money, trauma in descendants of slavery. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh because white woman to white woman that is not something that is programmed into our consciousness but as someone who deals with money professionally and as someone who teaches sales professionally we should probably be aware that not everyone's money baggage comes from a white experience and yeah. i think that's really yes eye opening too that like we're telling everybody feel your feels your feels may be even more deep trauma-based or something else than you realize, right? It might be ancestral, generational. Mm-hmm. It may go back to, you know, watching your parents pay bills at the kitchen table and fighting about it. And 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 even so, we're not going to get to the truth of what's fueling that feeling if we push the feeling aside.
0: Yeah, and trauma from having ancestors who are enslaved. There's money trauma from having um, ancestors who had money, but had everything taken away from them, you know, if they were refugees or victims of a Holocaust or, you know, anything like, like, so that can get handed down, um, both epigenetically and Mm -hmm. just behaviorally and modeling of like, why should I bother saving my money? If at any point Mm -hmm. it's like the rug's going to get pulled out of me out from under me and everything's going to be gone. Like, yep why would i even bother i mean i grew you know, up I'll just spend it as soon as it comes in
1: i grew up with two entrepreneur parents which had its own share of wonderful wonderful money lessons and horrible horrible money lessons but i also was a grandchild of the depression and i lived in a house with my grandma who would not get rid of pickle jars because mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to need and if you tried to argue with that she would bring up no joke the fucking dust bowl <laughs>
0: I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing.
1: No, I mean, I'm laughing. Like, you're not going to argue, Grandma, do you really need that, just to get her to go, well, the wall of dust was 50 feet high. Like, okay, Grandma, keep your pickle jar. That's totally fine. But, you know, she's been gone now for almost 20 years, and I miss her every day. But every now and then, I'm looking at a jar going why will I not throw this away? And then I go, The wall of dust was 50 feet high. <laughs> and then I go, wait, but that's not my reality right now. That's not my situation right now. And then I go, oh wait, Russia is actively invading Ukraine right now. Nobody knows what our situation is. So maybe I will save yeah, this pickle and, jar.
0: And, and also like if we kind of, if we pretend we had this conversation like last week or, you know, two weeks ago, like yeah. before, you know, that shit hit the fan. Yeah. Like, the kind of response that I would say to you or to anyone else be like, well, no, 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 is your your nervous system doesn't know what year it is. Oh, yeah. No. Like, so, of course, it's going to react to or think that, you know, it was back when you were 10 years old and grandma was obsessed with yeah. with getting every penny's worth out of everything and saving everything. Um, So, yeah, like we.
1: I mean, Just Tara because... Lipinski is is uh, announcing the Olympic skating right now. So in my brain, it's nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> Hi, everybody! It's nineteen ninety eight. Oh. Stephanie and I are conducting this interview via phone. Um...
0: <laughs> Maybe an AOL dial up if they sent us one of those DVDs. <laughs> wee-oo, 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 wee. <laughs> There's like a dot matrix printer going in the background. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're, like, peeling the shit off the sides of it and, like, folding it up. Oh, my God. Oh, to be back in the 90s. I don't, I mean, I miss parts of the 90s, as evidenced by this pop culture show, but not all of it. But I I think, I love that we're talking about feels, right? Because I feel, you also brought up this idea of math, and math is just a number until you put the currency symbol in front of it, and then it becomes this big thing, And, and I think that's so true is like, there is huge mindset stuff and huge math stuff around money. And I feel like sometimes I know I get stuck kind of fixating on one or the other, probably because I'm trying to avoid the other one. Right. So like, (laughs) yeah, if I, and I teach pricing and price policy and like, there's a lot of great psychology that goes into that. And I love talking about that, but I know in my own business, there's a line where if I really start to overthink my pricing, it's because I'm not feeling confident about what I'm putting out. And it's not anymore about should these tiers be further apart or should I end with a seven or a nine or a zero, right? Like it's not really about that anymore. And on the flip side, There are a lot of times where I'll be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And if I just put a price tag on the thing, I would feel infinitely better, right? So, like, throw some math at it sometimes and just make a decision. And I think that, like, those two things are kind of always in conflict. So how do we know when we're having some kind of financial block if we should address the emotion or if we should address the math First, because we're probably going to have to address both in some way.
0: I always default to addressing the feelings side first and or at least maybe not not addressing from a a point of I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get to the bottom of what these feelings are (laughs) and then I'll be able to because that's that shit's not going to happen. Aggressive
1: for self-awareness.
0: Right. Yeah. That's just (laughs) not how that works. But if you like actually be like, okay, I'm, I'm confused as fuck right now. I am mm-hmm. overwhelmed. My, my stomach is in knots and like my hands are kind of quivery. Like, I mean, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know what it feels like to be hyped up on caffeine, but I can imagine that that's what it feels like to be hyped up on caffeine mm-hmm. is just like entire body jitters. Yep. So if you can take, take a couple minutes and it really doesn't have to be like, it's not like this whole 20 minute, you know, meditation where like you visualize all the things like you just you take two minutes Mm -hmm. and let yourself feel the feels and then one of my favorite quick visualizations is like you kind of gather up all of your feelings and all of your racing mind squirrel brain stuff and you like put it into a little ball. If you could see me again, I'm like <laughs> showing the ball, little balls. Yes. Yeah, so I'm like doing Pictionary ball or whatever. And then you put it off to the side. Like it's still there. You get to pick it back up again when you want to. Cause that's one of my big things is like, you're going to take my feelings away from me. Like I need them. It's like, no, they're, they're right over there. You can pick them up when you're ready for them or when you need them again. And then you can, then you can more easily deal with the math. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you've taken away a lot of the charge around the numbers, or you've... You've, you've deconstructed charge... it. You've
1: pulled it apart, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that Even yeah. that just feels liberating, and I'm not even in like active money trauma right now, and I'm like, just take it apart, put it into pieces, go to your happy place, get into your Scrooge McDuck swimming pool with all the coins in it, and just float your little butt around. It's fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Um... I do. I do lay in my Scrooge McDuck pool in my mind. And I'm just like, I am surrounded by a buddy. Everything is okay. (laughs) Sometimes the pool is filled with pennies and that's all right. Sometimes it's filled with quarters.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, but before we transition into today's uh, pop culture topic, which I am so excited about, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that noise I just made was, but that's how excited I am. Um, I do want to, I have a theory. And I want to run this theory by you and please feel free to disagree. But one thing that I say... Over and over and over in the course of like daily doing business, is that only good people get imposter syndrome? Assholes Mm. do not get imposter syndrome because assholes don't care about how they are perceived. Only people that are worried about how the other person is treated and therefore how they are perceived get imposter syndrome. I have a similar theory Mm -hmm. when it comes to greed, which is that Mm. if you're worried about being greedy, that pretty much guarantees that you're not because truly greedy people don't think of themselves as greedy. They think of themselves as successful or driven or rich, right? So like, what's up with greed? Should we be worried about greed? What is our relationship with success and this idea of greed? While we're talking about feeling our feelings, let's talk about the feeling of worry about being greedy. What's coming up for you when I say that stuff?
0: I would say that I, I 100% agree with you, and where my mind went a little bit differently than than greedy, but like having money is going to make me a different person. You know, yeah, I'm it's going to change me. Yeah, like it's going to, yeah, I'm going to be a spoiled brat, or I'm going to you know, start ordering people around. or I'll just turn do my do back, back on my
1: friends. I'll stop friends. donating yeah. to charity. I'll, I'll lose sight of what's important, yeah. I think is what it is. Exactly.
0: Yes, yes. And my response or thought or theory or whatever is that having money makes you more of what you already are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Say that again.
0: <laughs> having more money makes you more of what you are. So if you are a tyrannical, terrible person who is judgmental and looks down on people, then having more money just makes you a more powerful, tyrannical person who can, like, you know, order armies into other countries. Mm. Um, Cough, cough. Cough, cough. Um, If, yeah, if you're a... Compassionate, generous, thoughtful person, then more money. It's not going to make you more compassionate, but it it amplifies the impact that you can have. There's maybe there's another soundbite. Like it amplifies the impact that you can have as a compassionate, yes, thoughtful person. Yes. So yeah, good people.
1: So, with money can do. Oh my god, really it's, incredible oh, things. Such good things. Two words: yes. Dolly yes. Parton. Dolly yep. Parton in the news constantly number one we owe the moderna vaccine to her thank you dolly number two dolly just said anybody that works at dollywood even seasonally gets their college paid and their books and their room like all of it and why because dolly parton is sitting on a pile of money even bigger than her glorious chest and she's like what am i gonna do stockpile this no may as well use it for good dolly parton's money makes shit happen for other people and dolly parton is not going i'm so sorry i have this money let me spread it around she's like here you go here's some college tuition she's not even bringing up the fact that she's paying for it she's just like here you go here's a gift have a nice day right and so i feel like we all have this assumption i'm so glad you brought this up that we're going to turn into jeff bezos and basically decide that shooting ourselves into the fucking sun Are more important than paying your people a love. Right. It's more important than making sure that your people can pay for like food.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen.
1: Bezos is not my bud. But I feel like we think that that you're totally right. Like, I'm going to make this money. I'm going to get to this point of success. And once I get there, I'm going to become a totally different person. And I'll wake up Paris Hilton and all of my morals will go out the window. Paris, I'm talking about you in 1998. I'm not talking about you now. I know you've done a lot of stuff in case you're listening. I'm not bagging you. But no, I think I think you're so right that it's like we got to look at what would be possible and what will be possible for us when we have abundance to share around, because that's the other thing is when we have more money, we might have more time. When we have more money, we might have more energy. So it's not just about being able to pay for stuff. It's about being able to enrich your own life, prioritize your mental health, and lift the people around you, maybe with your presence as much as with your wallet,
0: right? Oh, absolutely. Presence, yes. Energy, yes. And also like the kind of economist in me is like happy people spend more money Mm -hmm. (laughs) in some, I mean, some happy people spend more money, but like if traveling is your, th- your thing, you're going to travel. If you have more time and more energy, you're going to travel more and you're going to feed those economies. If you have more money in your business, you're going to hire more help. You're going to, you know, spread your money out to, you know, designers, VAs, you know, all of these other things. You're going to grow your own not your own, but like you get to participate more in like our little micro economy, mm-hmm. um, like us as individual business business owners are not going to, you know, topple capitalism and change, change the entire system. Like, that's just not that's not a thing. And thinking that we can is taking way too much responsibility and pressure and putting pressure on ourselves like that's not going to happen. But in our own little micro economies. like we can we can sow the seeds like we can change things in our own little our own little worlds and then you know like ripple effect butterfly all that good shit yeah it all eventually trickles out yes
1: oh well on that yes. traffic soundbite right you said like nine tote bags in the last five seconds so like y'all the tote bag farm is
0: <laughs> open today and I love tote bags so bring it on oh my god
1: I, uh, yeah, it's people that are listening to the show for the first time are like, what the hell are they talking about? Y'all go backwards. You'll know whenever, whatever, it's fine. Um, okay. So I think I'm babbling because I'm so excited to ask you this question, which is. Okay. My beautiful, my sweet, my glorious, my genius queen of all finances. What does any of feeling your feels being a small business, showing up in the world, not getting changed by capitalism or patriarchy. What does any of that have to do with second generation private eye slash America's sweetheart, Veronica Mars? Oh, Veronica Mars. Oh my God, I
0: love Veronica Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love her so much. I love her so much. So one of the things I love about Veronica Mars is that she kind of approaches problems in her own way, like she, you know, crime. She, Veronica Mars can't fix crime. <laughs> like <this is> just
1: <laughs> no, she cannot. No, like that just sounds, cannot.
0: yeah, it sounds dumb coming out of my mouth. But you know, like Veronica Mars can't can't fix crime. But going back to what I was saying about the, you know your own microeconomy, like she can, she can. F- fix crime in her own small micro economy you know when yep. when people get their stuff stolen when they're moving into their dorms like she finds that shit yep. you know she she tackles the problems that she is able to tackle and like oh. things and makes changes and and does all of the things that she can actually affect change in like she doesn't try to I think at the very end, I've actually never watched the Veronica Mars movies, so at oh. the very end of the show, spoiler alert, she gets an internship at the FBI. Yes. So she may eventually, like, work her way up, like, through the FBI and, like, solve crime as the head of FBI. But, like, the Veronica Mars that we all know and love, the, like, high school, college age Veronica Mars, like, she couldn't solve crime. No. But she can solve her own little microeconomy of crime. She can solve and her micro-economy. And love her for it.
1: And she can police how people treat each other. Like, that's the other thing. Is yes. she could be like, none of you are acting like good people. Pull your head out of your ass. Yes. But then it's also really great because exactly. Wallace, her BFF, every now and then has to look at her and be like, hey, Mars, how about this time you pull your head out of your ass? And she's like, oh, OK. But you're right. It's like Whoops. she's she's yeah. got to <laughs> contribute to. The ecosystem that she has, which is first her high school and then later. I also think it's funny that you and I, who are such diehard Veronica Mars fans each, neither of us has seen the movie, because I heard a rumor that they were going to do something in the movie, and I'm not even going to say what it is, but I heard a rumor that they were going to do something in the movie, and I was like, well, I want no part in that So I just, I'm like, the show ends with the series, and that is where it ends. And she got to her little internship with the FBI, and that is as far as I know, and as far as I'm willing to go.
0: She's just off in her own little world, like, having her own little mysteries. Like, I don't need to know nope. what's canon. Like, nope. I have my own- I have my own canon. My own version.
1: Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I feel like exactly. that's part of fandom, is like, there's canon, and then there's my canon, and my canon- yep is important. Like, is better. in my canon, <laughs> Pippin and Mary are in a relationship in Lord of the Rings. Why? Because I am a Pippin who's married to a Mary, and so that makes sense for me to ship them. My canon's very important. Now, if I talk this to Peter Jackson, he would probably have things to say. But similarly, <laughs> my, Victoria, my Victoria, my Veronica Mars canon ends at the end of the show, and that's okay. I think one of the other things that I love about Vmars and and all of the fine people attached to it is that they're all onions, right? They all have these complexities mm. and and their feelings are complex and their relationships with each other are complex. And so a lot of it is sort of this idea of like let's get around this miscommunication and find out what's really going on here. And some of these miscommunications <clears throat> Logan Eccles go on for like series Season after season after season after season until finally it's like, y'all just need to sit down and talk to each other, please. So I feel like there's a lesson in overcomplicating too in V Mars, like while she's trying to get to the truth of all of these crimes and situations and the murder of her best friend, Lily and daddy, 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 daddy dah, she's also ignoring how she feels about her romantic relationships or the fact that her father seems to be unhappy or, you know, there's been threats against her or, you know, one of her friends is getting wrongly accused of something and she's kind of got to push all that stuff aside in order to deal with, like, you know, the vandalism at the school until it catches up to her. And they're like, <clears throat> you having some feels, be mars So what do you think? I mean, I know that's a bit of a stretch, but, like, I do feel like there's something to be said about overthinking, overcomplicating, uh, pushing, squashing our own stuff aside in favor of the greater. What's coming up for you when I say that?
0: A couple. Well, one one main thing is that, sometimes that's what you need to do to get through the day. And like anybody who tells you that you should always be in, in, you know, in communication with your feelings and you should always be in your body. You should always, you know, feel all the things like, well, they've never that sounds maybe, exhausting. Hopefully. I mean, one, it sounds exhausting. And two, it's just not possible. Like you, you can't operate under those conditions. So you have to be able to compartmentalize and, you know, dissociate from your feelings. Be like, nope, I'm not paying attention to you today. I know you're there. Mm -hmm. I'll come back to you when I can. Shit's not today. And you get to do that. You know, you get to go out in the world, do your things that you need to do in the world, solve the crime, do all of the things. And then you get to come home and feel your feelings when you have time, when you have space, when you have not the like money resource, but like the emotional resources to actually feel them.
1: Yes. And feel which, them responsibly, which I think right? Feel them in a way feel that's constructive. Yes. Right? Because yes. the very first thing you said is like, focus on feeling your feels this week. That does not mean burn your house down. That does not right. mean quit your business in a fit of rage. That means if you're nervous about something, maybe you should give credence to why it's causing you anxiety. That doesn't mean throw all logic out the window and just go cry, cry.
0: Yeah. And, you know, some of the times... Like, it's okay if you can only, you know, dip your toe into what your feelings are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, like, sometimes feelings are just way too big. And, you know, those times when you think, you're like, if I feel these feelings, I am going to die. Like, yep. you honestly think that you're going to die. Like, yep. let's not do that. I mean, that's let's a legitimate not. feeling. That's a legitimate, like, a let's legitimate like, nervous flight. system response. Yeah, that's
1: cortisol and yeah. adrenaline flooding your system.
0: Yeah. We don't want anyone to feel like they're going to die. So close that shit off if you need to or like dip your toe in. Yeah. You know, feel it for 30 seconds and then come back out and remind yourself, okay, I'm here. I'm I'm in my office. I've got food in the fridge. I've got money in the bank. I've got my dog on the couch. I literally have my actually technically she's waiting to be fed. But normally <laughs> she's sitting on the couch. <laughs> and and if anyone tries to get in the house, she's gonna bark her little pit bull brain out yeah. and I will be alerted. Like I am safe. Like yep. I dipped my toe in, I felt a couple of feelings, I'm coming out, I'm feeling safe. So only feel your feelings if you are in a safe space to actually
1: Yes, feel those yes, 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 yes. And and if it's Restorative or productive to lean in, right? Because I think one of the dangers of shows, especially all the shows on the CDW, including our beloved VMars, right? Is like, especially the teen dramas, the Dawson's Creeks that I'm showing my age now. But oh. I feel like yeah. we learned growing up with this shit that drama is productive because it feels like oh I'm expending all this energy and and I'm emoting and I'm having all of these deep blah and and sometimes yes sometimes that is productive like I am fueled by this thing but it's like are you fueled by it or are you spinning your wheels are you digesting it or are you drowning in it. And I think that part of what the lesson of the shows teaches us that it's wrong is like, yes, Veronica, spend 3 episodes completely obsessed with minor vandalism and ignore your life and then give your life catch up to you and cry for the next 3 episodes like, okay, Veronica, we might be a little out of whack here, right? So, uh, what do you think yeah. about like the role of drama or big emotion or or you know, uh, theatrics in, in our own lives in small business.
0: Okay. I am just laughing hilariously as you're talking about this, because one of the things that I have talked a lot with my own coach about is, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work about, you know, letting myself be, you know, feel the things. And I have complained to her multiple times about, I was ready for some emotional drama and I didn't get it. And I'm really fucking disappointed. (laughs) worked right, like I wanted
1: <laughs> that's totally the beautiful opposite of what I meant I'm so glad you brought that up because that's also happened too where we're like okay if I don't get a big flashy reaction all of my work was bullshit and that's crickets right where it's like I have this giant launch <laughs> I'm so excited oh my god I've got like you've got this magnificent blue tutu it's like I got my tutu on I got a photographer ready here we go put it out there nothing <laughs> Nothing, no response whatsoever. Oh God, you're right. That is worse. How do we get out of that mentality, Stephanie? What did your coach say to you? Um, I'm pretty sure
0: she said it's all allowed. And I was like, that is not a good answer. I needed you to fix my problems right away. (laughs) I'm like, don't you know the messages that when I Voxer you, I need you to like give me a magic pill? And she's like, oh dear, dear sweet Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god! I have like that is one of the things I wish I had an answer for. I do not, yeah. have an answer for. But the minute I find one, call me. I will let you know. Yeah, I will let you know. But I think that's also yeah.
1: true. It's like we're all just figuring this out. We're all just solving our own oh, mysteries yeah. every single day. Luckily, most of us yep. are not also trying to solve a murder. Right. All right. We got to wrap up, but I would be remiss oh, if man. I didn't. I know. I don't <laughs> want to, but apparently, but? like, I should be aware that the listener has limited time and attention span. I'm doing this for you. I'm cutting this off for you, listeners. Anyway, um, I would be totally remiss if I did not give a shout out to two people. First off, Keith Mars. V's incredible dad, we love you. Thank you for showing us what a responsible family business looks like. And also thank you for showing us the example of entrepreneurship being hard. A lot of the time we see fictionalized family businesses and they're just killing it. Like, you know, the Kane family. But it's okay if your business is more like Mars Investigations. It's okay. And the other person I want to shout out is utter, complete dreamboat and the only viable choice for romantic partners on the show, Logan frickin' Eccles.
0: Eccles.
1: Stephanie, if you could say anything to Logan Eccles right now, what would you say?
0: I love you so much. Don't change anything.
1: Don't change a damn thing. Maybe if you could go back in a time machine, try to be a little bit more communicative at the beginning and a little bit less arrogant. But, you know, he grows out of it. It's a growth cycle. He does.
0: And and also, maybe could I come stay in your hotel room just to see what your hotel room is like? He lives in a hotel, mm-hmm. and I want to hang out in his suite.
1: I mean, if I'm going to Logan Knuckles' hotel room, I'm going to do something else. I feel like I have a hall pass for that. <laughs> got a truck with my husband does the logan eccles hall pass exist probably because he would probably just turn around and ask me if the veronica mars hall pass therefore also exists to the answer i would have to say yes
0: well of course because she's veronica mars
1: yeah i mean yes 100
0: percent. oh my god
1: Well, I love you so much. I got to say, you know, you were talking about Voxers and wanting your coach to be able to uh, have all of the answers. You always have all of the answers in my own finances. You always know what to say to get me out of my drama and my bullshit and my spin. And you also don't judge me for my feelings. So I know the glory and wonder of working with you, and how soothing it can be. But for our listeners, Stephanie, what's the best way for them to start a conversation with you?
0: Yeah, um, I like nuts and bolts. I'm on Instagram. Instagram is the only place I'm on. I don't have the brain space to do any other social media. So Instagram with Stephanie Cleary, website Stephanie with stephaniecleary.com, and I. I love talking to people about money. I just love it, whether it's like the nuts and butts. (laughs) Nuts and butts. The nuts and butts. Good one. (laughs) 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 Hashtag nuts and butts. Hashtag nuts and butts. We're starting it. You know. whether it's the nuts and bolts of it or like, hey, I'm having big feelings. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, bring it all. Let's hang out. Let's start talking about money and all of the crazy nutty feelings that go around money. And, and we'll, we'll talk it all through. We'll get to know each other and have some fun. You will.
1: I can vouch for that. Stephanie, my love, I'm so excited that I can say that a long time ago, we still are friends. Uh, that doesn't actually grammatically work, Aww. but you know what I mean. Um, and I have thought of you lately, uh, because you're on my show. Wow, this is a desperate attempt on, at now, making sugar. this work. <laughs> take a chance, take
0: a chance now.
1: Okay, whoa, and now the audience is like, please, I'm gonna die before I murder them. I'm just gonna say thank you so much for being here.
0: thank you so much for having me and
1: y'all i will be back in
0: a second
1: with my final thought and your homework for the week and i promise i won't badly sing the theme song anymore well hey there i need to admit i was tempted this week's homework was almost just feel your feels I thought about recapping all the things that happened with the war and the plague in the last month, but honestly, y'all, you already know. Plus, I promised you in the tagline of the show that your homework would be strategic and actionable. How do you track the analytics of emotion? What's the ROI on processing anger? That's an issue for another show. So instead, this week, I want us all to pretend like we work for Mars Investigations and do a little digging. By this point in our businesses, most of us have run and rerun some form of competitive analysis. Maybe we've created detailed presentations outlining our strengths and weaknesses compared to the folks with more market share. Maybe we just stalk them a little on Instagram when we want to be fueled by some healthy envy. But instead... Who are the Logan Eccles of our lane? Now, for those who don't watch Veronica Mars, who are the charismatic darlings of your professional zone? Who's the stud of your ecosystem? Who are your prospects watching admirably? Maybe they're not the shiniest, but they are the most magnetic. Whose content do your prospects devour? Who inspires them? A lot of our social media and networking time is hunting for clients, but this week, let's discover some new heroes. For that, I turn things over to the king of traffic himself, Russell Brunson. In the show notes, you'll find a training from his presentation at Funnel Hacking Live, where he outlines a method known as the Dream 100. It seems simplistic, but it is a game changer. As such, I highly recommend watching the whole dang training, but it's long, so I'll give you the gist. You're going to compile a list of a hundred people like journalists, influencers, podcasters, authors, movers, shakers, all kinds of makers who are your ideal peers and pals. Whose influence would skyrocket your reach? Whose audience would adore what you have to say? The point is to look at people at your own level or above. Then make that list and get out there and befriend your heroes in a non-sleazy way. Do not get all link spammy. Don't act like a brown noser, a poser, or a closer. But do add your voice, your appreciation, and your enthusiasm to the conversations already happening. Make friends, not just with the poster, but with the folks in the comments and see where those genuine connections take you. Because if Veronica Mars taught us anything, it's that being your own best friend is exhausting. We need people and people need us. So this week, let them in. Oh, And if you have absolutely no idea where to start on this project, I bet you good money you'll find at least one new high-quality pal over in our free, brand-new LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. The link is in the show notes. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, And me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's n o n s l e a z y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is, my producer and editor Andrew Sims of Hypobole Impact, my composer Riley Herbastio, and my show artist Francois Vigno. They're all fabulous and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best. And remember, you're too legitimate to quit.